Hey, welcome to the All 49ers show. Coming to you three hours after the Niners finished day five of training camp. Uh, Grant Thanks Cohen, so Jose Sanchez, we were both there today. So we're going to tell you our impressions. Um, you probably saw the numbers. Maybe you saw our practice reports. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, <laughs> Trey Lance, five <laughs> in, touchdown interception, rushing touchdown, a lot of pressure. I had 15 dropbacks, 12, 12 times under pressure. Maybe that was... I mean, that's my pressure subjective. Anyway, uh, afterward, Trent Williams was asked about it, and he was like, oh, this is a great experience for Trey. Best defense in the league, smart, fast, disguises their looks, not give him anything easy. When you pause the film at the top of his drop, no one's open. So anything he's getting, he's really working for and manufacturing on his own. Uh, buy or sell this being a good performance, positive experience for Trey Lance so far. Uh, I'm going to lean with the good performance, but ever so slightly, it feels like it could be a double-edged sword things. Now the positive is great. You're going up against easily a top five defense in the league, right? Which is good. It's going to force them to be your best, you know, and I, every athlete is going to tell you, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, you play the better competition, you rise to that level and you play at the lesser competition. You kind of stoop down a level at times. So to me, I love that. It's going to be like almost like, you know, someone with ankle weights, like working out with a certain like heavy weight. And then suddenly you take them off and you face a lesser opponent. It's like, this is light. Yo, yo this is light work. This is easy. So on that point, perfect. Where the negative part is, gets is what if like after over time, like he's still he's still not able to like put enough cracks in the armor. He's not able to really find those weak points. And it's like becomes like very cumbersome, very starts getting eating at his like psyche in terms of like his patience. And it forces him to, to make some more air and plays than he's already doing now. So that's where I be like, believe it'd be the double-edged swords or the positive. It's like, I like seeing him get tested, but eventually it could get old and be like, what else am I going to do here, man? I can't do anything against them. You know, I can't even get protect. You know, what am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm going with this. Like, yeah, it's a great defense. And it's like, look what they did to Dak Prescott. Look what they did to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, countless great quarterbacks really struggled against this defense. So what are we really expecting? But, like, the Niners are taking it to an extreme. I mean, mm -hmm. they have their – Trent Williams and, and Mike McGlinchey, they have them on the field half the time because, of you know, one's older, one's coming off an injury. So half the time it's Justin School or, or Colton McKivitz or Jalen Moore protecting the edges, and then the interior is a mess anyway. So it's like, what are you really practicing? Today, it would like drop back, no one be open, and then he'd have to start scrambling. And he must have like, so you had 15 dropbacks and you essentially practiced off-schedule plays 12 times. Yep. In a real game, you only want to do off-schedule plays four or five times. Like you, He didn't really get to practice executing the offense on time. And it's because that defense is so good and his offensive line is so bad. And Debo was really playing with the backups today. So it's still like Kittle and Ayuk against the world. Um, I feel like it's there's certain things he's getting out of it, but he could probably get more out of it if people could block. Yeah, I think that's that's something that's something probably you're gonna take away the most from what we saw, right? It's like, hey, today was the off schedule. What's Trey Lance gonna do off the top of his dome type of day? Because there's no way in hell this guy was able to even just sit and just stay with whatever the play call was going more than just a couple of seconds. I mean, to me, like you, you've said before, hey, if Debo Samuel comes back, it's going to help. But I'm like, I, I really, I mean, sure, it'll help. But what's that really going to do if, like, the pressure's in his face within seconds? So, to me, it's like the defense is going against it is great. They'll hopefully raise his talent levels. But, I mean, I just can't – I just, I'm just struggling to see where he's going to really find a height of stride. I mean, hopefully he'll be headstrong and can dish it out. And that's something where you're going to find out, Kyle Shanahan, how he handles it. But it, over and over again, how are you going to find a way to really get him into a space where he's really going to develop and hit his stride? Yeah. I, it just feels like, like, again, what Trent Williams said is you pause the film at the top of his drop. Fred, William, uh, Fred Warner taking away the underneath stuff. Cornerbacks are all over the receivers. No one's open right away. Um, what he didn't mention is that, you know, the right tackles beat, the centers beat, like there's three guys in his face. So, yeah, that's very difficult. That's as diff It's like Josh Allen at Wyoming is what it looks like right now. Just utter chaos all the time. And it's good, I guess, to practice the most difficult conditions. But at a certain point, I think you want him to, like, be able to get a feel for executing the offense on time. And I don't know how, how he can do that behind this offensive line. And maybe he'll never get a chance to do that all season 
Maybe he really needs this time to get a feel for what it's going to be like running for his life all season, unless they plan on bringing in a new center. Because hold on real quick. There was one play like for I was talking to someone on the sideline and I was I made the argument. I was like, you know, when they take off Trent Williams and Mike McGlincher, you could argue that Aaron Banks is the best player on the line. And we don't even know if he's good. Next play, Aaron Banks whiffs immediately. And Trey Lance throws a 40 yard completion to Brandon Ayuk in spite of that. So maybe him missing the block was the key to the play. I don't know. I, I think I think today's practice is probably a good summation of how Lance is getting helped and how he's not. He's not going to get the easy plays at all complete, like executed. That, that's a lot of tough work I've, I've noticed today and just seeing like reports and tweets and whatnot. The few plays he made, those were like high-level elite plays, like the one where Ayuk had another play where he straight-up poo-pooed on Shiverius Ward. That was amazing. Both plays, actually. The first one was to Ward. The second one was over Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah. So those are two like, my goodness, I don't recall ever seeing this in training camp before. So I think it's in a way it's like that defense forces him to be at that precise outlier elite level, but everything else, which is like, you know, not, which is pretty much the common stuff that you get that he would be easy to make. It's completely not there. And that's exactly what that defense always does. It makes you not have the easy stuff or even like the above average stuff. It's you have to be at your best, AKA an elite outlier player for us to really get a, get a kink in our, in our uh, armor. So to me, I think that's, that's, that's the one thing it's like, okay, it's going to force him to make elite plays on the regular, but again, it's about how he's going to be able to really take away from that in terms of, I have nothing here. So am I going to start forcing this in now or what? Is it going to create bad habits? Is every play going to become an off schedule play? What I do want to say real quick is um, I was complaining all off season about Brandon. Ayuk. I was like, come on, man, you're better than this. You need to take over these practices. Debo's out. Kittle's 28. It's on you. Dominate. And he didn't. But the last two days he did. You were there today. What do you think? What do you see from Ayuk? He was nasty. He was phenomenal. Now I'm seeing why, like, personally, I didn't think that the connection between him and Lance wasn't going to be, oh, you know, the 10 touchdown, 1,500 receiving yards that some people want to hype him up to be. But, goddamn, today made it look like it. (laughs) Today made it look like this guy was Starting in the one-on-ones, right? Huh? Starting in the one-on-ones. Yeah, starting in the one-on-one, just completely, my goodness. Didn't he he beat Jimmy Ward on the one-on-ones? And Jimmy Ward had phenomenal coverage. All the coverage that he had on him, he beat pretty well. And that yeah, it was a fade route against yep. Jimmy Ward. And the Jimmy corner. was right First there. So yeah, the thing with Ayuk is he has those long arms. He really is a good contested catch guy. Mm-hmm. But then He's he like destroyed Mosley like. on like a slant. I mean, he just – he was getting big-time separation from Mosley in the one-on-ones. Yeah, and that's one thing I, I really love. It's like he doesn't look like as fast as he as he did before when I first ever saw him as a rookie. Agreed. But that but that's good. It's fine because that means he focuses in on you know. I just kept thinking this guy just knows his space, how to work the yeah. space, and it's great. So you, I kind of think of like how soccer players kind of do that. You got to work the space in between like little small angles, the way the shape of the of the whole playing field is going. So to me, it's like what, what's the space you got between the safety, your defender, how close he's playing to him. And he's playing at lots, lots and great with a lot of great fluidity in terms of how he's getting his defender just to keep like kind of getting them in, not so much of a trail technique, but he's just really kind of just shaking him a lot. And I love the way he's like using his hips and his feet work. It just looked amazing. And some of the times the, the corner was draped on him and then Lance just put that like in a spot where no one can get it. But Ayuk, and it was just, it was just amazing to see him just ball out. And that got me like kind of, kind of revved up. I was like, okay, Ayuk yeah. breakout season. Yeah. Like. Jawan Jennings, struggling. Uh, George Kittle, not struggling, but going against Jimmy Ward and Fred Warner, like sort of being held in check a little bit. The guy who's really stepping up is Ayuk. And Lance. I mean, I, Lance is doing a lot of stuff, a lot of this stuff off schedule. So, all right, let's take some, some questions. Nope or dope review says it feels like this team has been, has improved in every facet except O-line. Went backwards there. Good enough to make a Super Bowl run? As is? I don't know. If they add a couple offensive linemen, maybe. Uh, I guess Trey still has a lot to prove. We still haven't seen him with Debo. Playing the game, playing the blame game by week two at camp seems about right. No, I'm just saying what's uh, you know who's playing well, who's playing not so well right now. And I think the story of the day was the offensive line. It seems like everyone that was watching today was like, man, that's not conducive to success. What's happening right there? It just it kind of reminded me of last year when we were watching him with the playing with the backup offensive lineman against the backup. Not even there was times he was playing against starters on that defense, even with the backup offensive uh, offensive line, just overall offensive players where Lance was just running for his life. It's like, how can we even get a real like assessment of him when this guy's constantly having to run around? 
Like it's not, it's it's not. In reality, that's probably not where you want him as to be at on offense. You want him to actually be on schedule and drop back and actually, you know, work the sequence of the offense the way Shanahan wants it to be. Not have the pressure in his face twenty four seven. Also, these are still some really like short practices. Ten throws in a day. Yeah, I mean it, they'll build up to twenty twenty five. Um, so it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm when the whole practice is. It's like two sessions, one session. And then special teams. They did do red zone today. So that explains some of the tight window. I don't know if I explained that at all. But um, John says, after hearing you talk about Danny Gray, you should pursue comedy as a side job. LOL, too funny to Debo talk. Or look at you today at all signs, uh, at all, or still a grudge. I haven't talked to Debo. He didn't talk to the media. Imagine signing an extension and not talking to the media that day. I've, that's a new one to me. Why would you the not luxury. want to talk to the media? The luxury of a star player. Hey, well, that's fine. Um, let me get rid of this bot. You're blocked. Uh, all right, cool. Let's move on. So the quarterback is the headliner, um, but the interior of the offensive line is the biggest issue on this team right now. Uh, yep. First day there, what did you see? How how um, dire is this? All right, I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet because, you know, it's only one day. But, you know, from the way everything is sounding like from last week, without pads, without pads, it's kind of, it's clicking. It's a problem. It's a problem. I can't cut it short. It's definitely a problem, you know, especially considering you have a month, month and a half tops left before the season opener comes. And you essentially only have one month of training camp to get done. A few preseason games and a joint practice sessions where, you, you know, time's of the essence. You, you know, you, there's, there's time, but then there's not. It's like you have some time. You got to figure it out what the right formula is. You can't be wasting, you know, these precious reps on players who you don't think is going to get that actual solidification over time through the season. Because so far, what I saw today was one of my. Someone asked me, "What do you thought of Lance?" So I think my cousin. How did Lance look today? I don't know. He, I couldn't tell what he, what he was in the offense. He was just. I know he. I know how he fares when he's off script, which was cool. He he took off on the play when the when the receiver wasn't open, which was smart. Scrambled out there, but he got sacked multiple times. It's just when they let the players like, "Hey, just let the play run out." But he definitely got sacked at least like three to four times, which was atrocious and by any standards. And the 49ers should accept. You know, eventually they got to figure out a way to get those guys in the group because so far Michael Glinchy cut off the torn quad. Look, looks fine out there to me. And I'm using, I feel like I'm a critic of his. He looks fine. It's really those two guard positions, center, where these guys are getting beat, whether it's pass rush, first step. I mean, um, where it's speed rush, power rush, or that just that quick first steps. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just really like weird. I mean, I understand like you get some bad reps, but 99% of them were kind of pretty bad. I'm not sure they have any starters in the interior. Like they got Brunskill. Here's the thing. So like they got center because he's playing like center. center, To me, like they can't play Brunskill at center. They want to play Brunskill at center, but his snaps are an adventure. Like they're a turnover waiting to happen. You can't have that. He's a decent starting guard. I don't think he's an acceptable center. So to me, they have their centers on this team are um, Jake Brendel and Donovan West. Like they really, and Jake Brendel is not a starting center. He's 30. He would have shown that by now. He's a backup center. So really they're in a spot where they need undrafted free agent rookie Donovan West to take this job or they need to get someone else on this team. And I don't understand what's, what they're taking, like what, what they're waiting so long for. They signed a nose tackle today. How about a center? And I think if it was just like just one guard, even two, two guards that were like, okay, there's a question mark. But the fact that it's literally like a string of just three in a row, especially center. And we've seen when they don't have just sufficient, just sufficient center performance, just a guy who actually has a semblance of knowing what they're doing and playing decent, that whole thing collapses badly. And I saw it today, the way every Trey Lance back, uh, drop back two seconds in, the guy's just having pressure. And it's like, how can the guy even see who he's trying to look at when he's having helmets just bang into his shoulders and whatnot, literally within a yard of him? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not really giving him a chance. And that's where it's like, <laughs> it's great. He, you're giving you're giving him like these reps of looking at how he would face a very powerful defense in terms of pressure in his face. Style coverage is great. But <laughs> what are we going to do to actually like get him to work within the pocket that Shannon loves to preach about? I mean, there is no pocket because it's collapsed within seconds. And center and left guard and right guard just having all three. I, I'm getting like flashbacks to when 2019 when they went in that Super Bowl run where that's the real that was their real Achilles heel that eventually you know just died on them. And so <laughs> you don't want that to be a replication of this year. Um, I don't know who you're gonna sign, JC Treader, 
Um, I get what they did about putting Brunskill at center because they don't. Tr- I don't think they trust a rookie. You'd rather have someone tenured there, like I told you earlier. But I mean, uh, I, it's it's just one practice. They have a, a rookie that was like a first or a second round pick than Jake Brendel. Here's the thing: the Niners were very. I, I didn't like this during the off. They didn't. They didn't really address needs. They addressed corner and, and uh, special teams and acted like that. Those were the only needs. And then they didn't make a single trade in the draft. They just hung tight at every slot and took best player available which is great. And Drake Jackson looks really good. He really does. He's slimmed down a little bit. He looks like he's going to be really good. You didn't have a need at defensive end. You did not have a need at defensive end. You could have traded up and taken a center, Cam Jurgens, the dude that went to Philly. I'm Someone. Because the plan at center this year, there is no plan. The plan was call Alex Mack 50 times and just like fill up his voicemail and beg them to not retire, and it didn't work. And now they're like, damn, I really thought that was going to work. I thought we could sort of pressure Alex Mack into playing, and it didn't work, and Kyle thought, so what are we going to do? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We got time. We got an- another month. That's where they're at. We got, we got a month. Yeah, I think I'm going to push back on that draft and, uh, sense because – First of all, formulating a trade, it takes two to tango. And the 49ers were pretty much at the bottom of the second round. And who the hell was going to trade? They're, what are they going to do? You're going to trade all the way up, and then, then you're going to have to give up all those other assets from the back end, maybe even future assets. And that's probably at that point. Is it worth it? I mean, ultimately, we're it's still going to give. It's a trade-off. And it's, 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 it's hard to say you did the wrong thing if you took a best player available and it's a good pass rusher. But there's a consequence. You didn't address center. And, and you could have addressed. You could still do it now. But it's hard to add to a position of strength when you have Jake Brendel starting on your team. But Drake Jackson may just be a Hall of Famer, so who knows? Jake Brendel, too. I I just think if there was a trade to make, I think I'll give them the benefit (laughs) of the doubt that it would have been made on their end because they did it with Joe Staley and Trent Williams was right there. Um, That might was cool. I mean, they also had, you know, that's just one suggestion. In. They had no plan at center. That's just one possible thing they could have done. Drafted one. They're like, nah. Or they could have signed one. They're like, nah. They could have traded for one. They're like, nah, we got Jake Brendel. And he's not even getting run at center, starting center. That's the funny part. They they hyped up Drake Brendel and said a rookie can do it. And both of those are untrue. I, I'm surprised Daniel Brunskill is getting run at center this early. And I guess that might have been the plan all along since he's already getting it. Um, but I think 2020, I mean, I know it's two years ago, but 2020 showed enough of Brent skill is just not it at center. You know, he's not even sufficient, maybe moments of sufficiency, but we already saw a right guard. He's, he's fine there. He's a fine right guard. And now instead of putting, you know, two areas of question with center and left guard, now you're going to have three areas of question with left guard center and right guard with Brent skill. And as much as you think in theory, Brent skill is the more tenured player and experience there. It's it's it, I don't think it's gonna work. I mean, maybe Shanahan's hoping these next practices and preseason games will get him up to speed. But if that didn't happen two years ago, what's that gonna happen now that he's invested so much time at guard? Uh, Jim Taco says anyone stand out on D end opposite Boza? How was Drake Jackson playing? Good. He's he's really good. At least I, I'd right like to know what you think of him. Uh, in minicamp, I thought he looked a little overweight. That was a couple months ago. Now he's trying to like show off he's got like the the pants rolled up he's got the the shirt the midriff showing now he doesn't have a he doesn't have a six-pack or anything but he definitely is thinner than he was two months ago and you can tell he's got like really long arms he can bend uh and he's big i mean he's not a 255 pound outside linebacker he's powerful he's like 265 and it seems like he's gonna keep improving his body and be better but i think he's really gifted and they got him to pretty much be the next, the new D Ford, right? That's yeah. essentially, I think that's why you got the lightweight. You got like, he looks like, he looks just core and built. He looks like he's going to be a speeding bullet if he gets it all together. But when he shoots out from the moment of a snap, that's how I feel like he's going to be. Just He looks like he'll be a three down edge rusher too. Not not like just a rotational pass rusher. He's yeah, big. but I think in this sense, this year, he's probably going to be just stuck as that route. Unless somehow he just blossoms into this goddamn beast of a guy. That's true because they still have Emcom and Amenahu who yeah. play that. But they don't need him to be all that. No, just 2019 D4. Give us some good pass rush downs, and then we'll go from there. But just, I, you, you were listening to Samson Ebicom talk about Drake Jackson today, and he was like envious. He was like, "Man, if I, you know, if I were, if he, he's like, I, I could have done that when I was younger. The way he bends, like I can't really do that anymore. But when I was younger, I could do that. And if I didn't have to play freaking 
three, four outside linebacker for the Randles yeah. for four years, I would have been waiting. Like he was, he seemed like a little envious. Like I wish I'd been here the whole time. But because yeah, Ben is natural, dude. Crazy. That's not necessarily something you could teach a lot of times. A lot of players that talk about it. He seems like he has that gymnastic flexibility. Like he can do backflips and stuff. That's good. Justin that says Niners. Justin says Niners are worried about O line, but have depth at running back. If a quarterback goes down, could you pack a Jimmy and Sermon for a lot? Who uh, would anyone want that trade? That's a good question. Yeah, like who wants uh, Jimmy and Sermon? Yikes. Cleveland? No one. They already got rid of Treader. I mean, Treader's w- waiting for you. But I just feel like the Niners don't have much urgency. They made the playoffs last year. They're not on the hot seat. They're like. Plus, no one really trades for running backs. You could just poke them. You could poach them off a free agent list or someone's practice squad. No one needs it. No one trades for running backs. Johns says, how come no one, especially Mike and Colin, are, are, are talking about Kyler's? <laughs> it was not even news with any of the national media outlets shaking my head. I seen that. That was hilarious. I was like, I didn't see that. Arm fatigue. And he didn't like the study. I didn't see that. Kyler has arm fatigue. Arm fatigue. They held him out of today's or yesterday's practice. And Cliff Kingsbury said, I don't know if he specifically said arm fatigue, but to give him a rest for his arm, which essentially, yeah, arm fatigue. They said it along those lines pretty much. And I was like, watch, this is not going to gain any traction at all. Meanwhile, you got Trey Lance who's going out there slinging it like 15 times a day or not even 15 times in an hour. Voice ad agency says, Any, anybody else get that uneasy feeling that while head coach Kyle is on the field with the team, Jimmy Garoppolo is upstairs with Parag and John Rickley is shading an extension? I don't think so. That's quite the conspiracy. I don't think so. We're going to talk about Jimmy next. Callie Tremor says, possible that the Niners waited until the first part of camp to pass to sign Debo. Why? Why? I don't understand why they had to wait four days. Like, why did they miss the first? I, I don't I know. Mean, well, didn't DK get signed like barely a week ago? Yeah, like last and he Monday? did get. A, he couldn't get more than DK, so maybe they, like I don't know. I just think well, he got more guarantees than all of them, like fully guaranteed. It just seemed like there were like four or five wide receiver contracts that needed to get hap- needed to happen, and for whatever reason, Debo was going to be the last one. Maybe it was the trickiest. I don't know, but he's he was the last one. I think that was the way it was going to go. Could have been the I don't know why. Though. Remember, I sh- remember the little. I showed you the little rushing yards incentive he has. So that's that's like a little sprinkle of add on. Add on. I'm not really sure how complicated that would be to add on to it, but his definitely differs from others. Steven says, "How is Hyder looking? Look like 2020." I didn't see him. He's playing with the backups a lot. Uh, he looks like he's 31. He's one of these guys. He's always been one of these guys that wears a long sleeve shirt under. His- <laughs> I don't know, man. It just seems like they got a lot of edge rushers who were younger than him and they're not super invested in him. I mean, they got, who do they got? Bosa, Ebukam, Amenahu, Drake Jackson, Toure. That enough um, is alone. I mean, Jordan Willis. Hyder, I don't know about that. We'll see if Hyder makes a team. I'm not so sure he will. There was one more. Um, we should have drafted Sky more. Well, He's probably better than Danny Gray. We're going to talk about him in a minute. But let's talk about the latest with Jimmy Garoppolo. This morning, Deshaun Watson suspended, well, suspended for six games. That's the recommendation from the independent judge. The NFL could appeal it and make it longer. My initial reaction was, well, that's the end of Jimmy Garoppolo maybe getting traded to Cleveland. Time to cut him. The more I read, the more I understand that Roger Goodell certainly could extend this as long as he wants. He could make it a full-year extension. And what the judge did, is essentially say, um, you know, she only gave it a six-game suspension, which is light. That's the same suspension you'd get for, like, a first-time PED offense. It's very light and offensive. So you could say she didn't take it seriously, but when you apparently when you go through all of what she wrote, she really said, like, look, all these testimonies, all this uh, investigation really thoroughly done, and all he says is I didn't do it. Like, that's not compelling. This is compelling. And she lays it out and then says six games. It's like, well, maybe what she's doing is giving Roger Goodell in the league all the ammunition they need to appeal and make it as long as they want. So long story short, Jimmy Garoppolo still could could get traded to the Browns. That's the way I see it. Yeah, there's still some steps there. Still some steps there to make. And I think, yeah, that's the only way he gets traded to the Browns is if Deshaun is suspended for the whole season because I don't think it makes sense if he even spent it for like eight games or you got to make the case for 10, but 
like eight or eight, six to eight games that it's even worth it. You could probably run it with Jacoby Brissett and just, you know, be a 500 team barely because you do have a great running game and great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I think there's no way he has a market even because how long is this going to take even for this now to, to become appealed? And then that's going to get fought with and stuff like that. I, I think market for Garoppolo has been long gone. I'm there's nothing that's going to change my mind unless there's a significant injury that occurs all of a sudden, which I hope no nothing like that happens. Um, but I I don't think this guy has any market. It, it, it's it's over for him. He's just going to have to. The Niners are going to have to cut him. Or I I bet after this week, Jimmy starts looking for uh asking for his release. Because time, like I said, with the with the way they're trying to figure out the the line is the time is ticking. There's only so much time. For these guys to jail, and there's only so much time for Jimmy to get embedded into that new team he's on. I, I just it's full game suspension. Whenever that's going to happen, I, I just I don't see it. The guy needs to get cut. He has no market. Yeah, but I think what's interesting is like what the Niners I think are betting on is that the NFL is going to suspend Deshaun Watson for the full year, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I think it's interesting. So the six game suspension comes out today, and I think a lot of people were anticipating this, but it's official now. And there's a lot of outrage, like disgust. A lot of people think it's uh, you know outrageous, and they bring up, well, Calvin Ridley pressure got doing it. Well, Calvin Ridley got suspended for a year, and so like now there's all this um, public uh, momentum pressuring the league to make it tougher, so they can be like, they can be the good guys here, and be like, okay, great. I mean, people tell us this isn't good enough. That's the, that's an independent judge decision. We agree with the with the prevailing sentiment among the country that this was not enough, and we're going to step in, and we handled this well. And Roger Goodell's the hero. I mean, they they could set that up right now, because if you know if, if they had come down with seventeen games right off the bat, then you could have people being outraged the other way. You know, this wasn't he wasn't charged with the crime. How can the NFL do this? So now I'm just saying, all of a sudden, everyone's saying we want more, we want more, not enough. Roger Goodell could say, we got you. So maybe that's what the Niners are banking on. I, I just think the issue is how long is that going to is that itself going to take? Because this whole independent oh, yeah. thing took about what like a month or so, or however how long, maybe even longer. I, I honestly, I kind of tuned down Deshaun Watson ever since like that's July, which is like, which is like I I had pretty much already assumed he was going to suspend it for a year. Then all of a sudden you start seeing like reports like uh, don't be surprised. I'm like, wait, what? So yeah. I mean, not not I don't know anything about it, but I just know about he apparently I'm not apparently he pretty much damaged. The reputation, the shield. He didn't represent the NFL in the right way, but just being yeah. in that situation, even being tied to it, attached to it, guilty or not. Um, but I think ultimately that's going to take another minute for him, them to figure out how much long appeal process. Does Deshaun then back go against them and say, "Hell no, it's not going to be a season." You, I'm going to battle against that because I think yeah. I did hear he said if he gets suspended for a year, he's going to sue the league, and the NFLPA is going to back him. So how long does that go, and how long do the Niners wait to like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I guess the Niners could wait. Like, I think like, all right, gonna, we'll still keep him here. It's not like it's going to go on for another month, which is great, because I, I keep releasing these videos, reminding people that he's on the team. And <laughs> It's going to be Beck. etched in YouTube lore forever for that. <laughs> Beck says, what does our cap situation look like after Debo? Well, according to Spot Track, the Niners oh, have – released it. Yeah, the Niners have uh, like 1.5 – hold on. Cap space. I don't know. They have like – Oh, they have 1.5 million in cap space. Reading is super hard. It's over. It's, it's extremely hard. 1.5 million. So like nothing. They might have to do something like cut Jimmy Garoppolo. Santiago says, Grant, been a huge fan ever since I heard you and your dad commenting on that Bengals game in 2019 on Hot Mike. Thank you for watching. Wow. Thanks for watching. Crazy how much you've grown. Yeah, that feels like a long time ago, huh? I remember that game. Thank you. Was that the first one? Might have been the first one. All right. Debo Samuel. First day back, you were there. What did you see from him? What was your impression? Does he look like he's in the same shape he was last year when he was an MVP candidate? Yeah, he looks he looks fine to me out there. I don't think I had any complaints. I mean, I did see him when they were having their own wide receiver drills. That's probably like the most active he got, um, where they're pretty much you know just doing kind of like some light route trees and stuff like that, running along the sideline and receiving it almost like to replicate that if you're going on a crosser or somewhat. Um, he looked fine to me. He looked moving great. Um, didn't look didn't look chunky, which I remember that was a thing two years ago. People were talking about how he looked chunky, but it's like 
he came off of broken foot. What else is he supposed to do? But he looked totally fine to me. I think Niner fans should be excited for him. I think he's going to be great. He didn't get a much run, like you said, we saw in scrimmage, but that's that's pretty much what was expected. You know, it was the first day actually doing a full practice with the team. Um, he'll probably he'll probably get some run, like more run on like a Wednesday or something like that. But I think I'm really curious to see how he's going to look on those real like push move the ball situations, res those situations with the real starters and see if how much of the real impact he makes for Trey Lance. And does that actually make that much of a difference when the offensive line just keeps whiffing their blocks? Because I don't think it's going to do too much difference, maybe like 10, 20 percent, which is still nice. But I mean, how much how much are you really going to do and take? And then another thing is. Are we going to see handoffs to Debo during camp? I don't think we will, but that will be – no, exactly right. I don't think we will at all. I don't think they even need to practice that. Um, well, remember, they have 17 days uh, between the end of the preseason and the regular season where they can have closed practices, no one around. That's so that's when they're, they're going to install all the stuff that they're going to do this year. This is just base basic stuff. Um, yep. Debo, you, you mentioned he didn't get a lot of run. He mostly played with the second team. And I'm looking here, he, he caught two passes today in practice, both from Nate Sudfeld. I have a, a theory. I mean, they're clearly trying to work him back slowly. They don't want him to, God forbid, pull muscle, which he's done before. No. He's that's, very that's competitive. He's very competitive. He's probably not quite in football shape yet. And this Niners defense is kicking ass right now. And uh, it's going to bring out the best in him, him going against Javarius Ward, Manuel Mosley. If He probably needs to build up to that. He's probably not quite ready. I mean, he's ready, but he's probably not. He could get hurt. It's very – I mean – some serious competition right now. So maybe they didn't want that to happen. So yeah, you're not going to just throw a guy who's like fresh and cold and <laughs> against a team that's like hot and on a different level or a side that's on the hot and on a different level. That, that wouldn't be, um, that wouldn't be fair no. to him, even though he is like that much of a beast of a player. He but also didn't do one-on-ones one totally. today. He yeah, also didn't do one-on-ones one on one today. And I want to point out one-on-ones are in the red zone, but he was not a part of that. Nope. He was not. No, he was not. Um, but he looks good. They got to be careful with him. Do not get him hurt in the offseason. So far, no one's gotten hurt yet. Aziz went down for a Eric minute, Armstead. but well, Eric Armstead. But no one's like gotten carted off. Nothing like season ending, except for Maurice Hurst. Sorry, Maurice. Okay. I keep calling him Maurice. It's Maurice. Maurice. All right, moving Maurice. on. Junior. We need to talk about Danny Gray. Now, you just saw him today. He didn't have any catches, but it's been five days. And he has two catches. And, um, well, you saw him. You saw him in the one-on-ones. You saw him in, in 11-on-11s. He struggled. What did you see? I saw a guy who was strictly just a speed guy. Literally just a speed guy. What I mean by that is every time I hear, hey, this guy is great at strength, his speed, he's a speedy wide receiver. Most of the time, that means that all the guy knows how to do is just run straight. Run deep. Take it deep. Take the top off a of defense. Because they can't do anything else. They cannot. And that's kind of what I expected at first to be for him. And I thought it was okay drafting the third round because you need someone who can actually um, actually use the arm of Trey Lance. And if he just makes a couple of catches, boom, that's going to do enough to add that element. But, man, it's going to suck if he cannot get off the line of scrimmage because he can't do that. Jimmy, I mean, first of all, he's going against Jimmy Ward. It's kind of unfair. One of the best defenders in the league, in my opinion. He just got mauled. He got destroyed. He got pretty much – it looked that like a lion against yeah. a little puppy or something like that. And Denny Gray was the puppy. And, Mike, it, it just – that just felt – I felt disrespected watching that. Let's stay there. It was the first rep of one-on-ones. Um, he tried to run a slant. Jimmy Ward got his hands on him and never let go. I mean, it was it was bad. So he couldn't beat the press. He, did, he never actually ran a route on that, on that rep. The second time, he went up against D'Amador Lenore and lost – so it's he only had two reps and one on ones, but he lost both of them. That that uh, makes me look closer because wide receivers should win this drill. And he went up against Diamador and a safety. So it was Jimmy Ward, but still. So I don't know, man. He was like the 17th wide receiver taken. So I don't know what you're really expecting when you dig yeah. that deep. You know what I'm saying? They went high. And it but, makes sense uh, again because he's just a guy who's built his strength through being a a, a vertical threat. And again, I can't ever stress it. It's all the time. It's like, oh, all he, this guy knows how to do is run. He can't run great. Uh, maybe he can't catch. He can't play anything else. And if you get your hands on him, then that's fine. Because a lot of times vertical receivers are just probably like soft. You, you get thought of the idea of like, oh, he's fast. So he can blow by the press. But it's like, yeah, but if you know what you're doing to press, you know, the guy's not going to be able to really shake you off. 
And that's True. exactly what I saw right there. Because what's Danny Gray, like 160? Something like that? 170? Looks like it. But, yeah, he's just going to get mauled there by defenders. Um, especially when now your <laughs> your top-end speed in college, especially in the college he played for, is not going to translate as well as the NFL. He'll probably, he'll probably look good but in moments, but it's not going to translate He's not just like well. outrunning these Niners corners, is he? I don't see him. No? And he doesn't have a lot of finesse to his route running. Mm-mm. He's not – he doesn't have like – great hand-eye coordination where he's snagging balls outside his frame i mean i'm a little underwhelmed it's early the other guy that they brought in at that position is ray ray uh, mcleod i liked him in otas i think he's hurt right now i don't know but i feel like i saw him grabbing it down two days ago and like power through the practice today he had a big wrap on one of his ankles and you saw i saw him limping it's it's like dude sit down (laughs) i don't understand why he has to play through this but he looks hurt to me I, yeah, I think once you said that, I was like, yeah, he is grimacing. He he did it like two, he did it two or three times after that, following a play. And some of the plays didn't even go his way. And one play I remember where Lance had a play action rollout to his right, where I, I think it was meant for McLeod deep. McLeod wasn't even open at all. And then once that play was over, you just see him just like, you know, half, half not even jogging it, half jogging it. And it's right. like, geez, man, is this guy making this? Is he trying to like tough it out? Is he afraid his job? He, he's not going to be secured because they paid him money. He's He's got a locked in job. As the number four receiver, I, I I feel like he's just trying to prove himself. Which you know, there's an integration process, but like, hey, dude, there's still there's still some time. Take some practices off. I'm, I don't know. Maybe that's his call. Maybe he's he's afraid to something. He's trying to tough it out because the way it's going with Danny Gray, he has no one to fear because Danny Gray might not even suit up some games if he keeps going at this rate. Yeah, it's probably because you know they just need guys out there. Debo's not out there. Um, Trey is having a tough time against a very good defense. It's like, dude, if it ain't you, it's going to be freaking Danny Gray out here. Like, I don't know. Maybe he feels it won't get worse. It's just a pain thing. But it looks like he's having a tough time playing at his best. Like, He looks like he's like pulling up lane mid-route. That's just what I see. I think it's messed up that he's having to do go through this. I heard that Debo's incentives are rushing yards and rushing TDs. Oh, we should have talked about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yes, so. We are. There was speculation that Debo wasn't going to play running back anymore, and it might be in the contract. Well, quite the opposite. There is no clause in the contract that says he won't be playing running back. Actually, quite the opposite. He's incentivized He's incentivized to play running back. He gets extra money for yards and touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, which is good because he gets a lot more rushing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns. So that's a good sign for the Niners because they win. I think they're 13-2 and two or something. When he has two or more carries, I could be wrong about that, but it's something like that. So, yeah, you, you should probably keep doing that. Yeah, he gets for the life of a contract. So, over the next three years, he gets an additional 1.9 million. That's not included on the original contract. So, I mean, it's essentially add two more million on it, which he's going to get because it's not per season. It's just over. Um, oh, this is per season. No, Debo Samuel will receive $650,000 per year for each year. He has 380 or more rushing yards. That shouldn't be too hard because he can pretty much just rip off four runs that pretty much get half of that. Uh, he maxes. No, he also will earn 150,000 if he scores three rushing touchdowns in any one year. Easy money. He maxes out at $650,000 per year and 1.95 million over the life of his new contract. So ultimately, I, I think he's going to get them all easily, easily. Uh- yeah, I think so too if he stays healthy. But again, the good news here is that it's the opposite of what people were expecting. Niner fans are like, hey, Debo's back, but he probably won't be playing running back anymore. But that's okay. That's okay. We that was all the noise from like Rapsheet and Schefter and all of them were pushing yeah. out. And it was like, I thought about it. I was like, okay, that makes sense because the guy was doing freaking everything for the whole season. Even though they were three and five, he still was doing a lot for that offense as a wide receiver. And now you ask him to switch over. That probably was like, hell, he probably was gas. He was like, hell no, I don't want him to keep doing that. Like, what, what do I look like? I know how a running back's uh, uh, shelf life is. You guys are going to kill me. And the fact that he took that three-year extension kind of acknowledged that a little bit where he wants to cash in again. But if he keeps even coming just close because the standard he set last year, I don't think he's going to meet it again. But just close for the next few years, he's going to freaking cash the hell out. They're going to have to give him the Brinks truck. Frankly, though, like the, the reporting on this was really bad all offseason. Yeah. I mean, he requested a trade and bad no one really shit. explained it. No one ever explained why. There was speculation. Well, it's about usage. Well, I guess not. I, I Well, it's about living in Santa Clara. I guess not. 
I, I mean, they never explained why he, maybe we can ask him tomorrow and he'll, and he'll tell us, but it seems like he's going to keep doing exactly what he did and just make more money. He's going to get paid with the market. I don't understand what the whole off season was about. It was a lot of drama. And what sucks about it is like, you could say it's like, it's how you do business in 2022, but I feel like there's a lot of hurt feelings on both sides now. Like a lot of fans kind of have their feelings, uh, you know, damaged about Debo and a lot of Debo, uh, Debo probably feels negatively about a lot of fans. Yeah. He got death threats. Yeah. So I just feel like the whole thing was unnecessary and detrimental. It's very exaggerated. Yeah, anyway, bring back Jalen Hurd and let the guy redeem himself. I don't think he wants to play football anymore, Devario. But I, I know it's a joke. But I don't think he wants to play football anymore. I mean, he didn't exactly fight. Can he even play league. football anymore with his body? AM says, if Watson sues the league and it's not immediately dismissed, his suspension is likely delayed till next season. Whatever Ooh, the number is. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I was like, could this? I wanted to say it, but I was like, what, does, that, does that make sense? Yes, it's, but that, that does make sense. Cool. At least I'm not the only one that thinks that. Where if he if that's fighting in court, they could just be like, all right, you can't suspend it now because this is ongoing. And then maybe they put off his suspension next year or whatever. I don't know. But that's an excellent point right there. And that's where I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just a, a dead topic. It's, it's dead man walking, bro. Just cut him. Daniel says apology needed from Debo disrespect, removing Niners from social media, denying oh, uh, staying publicly in the club video, etc. Same money as other wide receivers. Embarrassing. See, this is what I'm saying. Like this was so unnecessary. There are, there's a certain percentage of fans who feel this way. And I'm not going to be the guy to tell them that they're wrong. Like football is an emotional thing. This is the kind of sport where people buy jerseys and like fight other fans on like, Oh, my, my favorite player is better than your fan. Like that's just how football is. And like, he upset those guys. He didn't need to. They were in his corner. I just, the whole thing seems so unnecessary. And like, I wonder if Debo thought about that. Like, why alienate any Niner fans? Well, they love I, you. I say two things. One on the running back usage. I think that was definitely some part of an issue. Maybe not as bad because you wouldn't put that incentive if that wasn't a thing. He's probably like, if you guys can keep using me, I want extra money for that. So Fair. probably a little bit. Maybe not exaggerated as well, clearly, because there's only two, we're arguing over two million dollars. Come on. Yeah. But. So at least that was probably a talking point. The second thing is you look at the way all three receivers toward yeah, Daniel. It's, it's, like, it's not like this isn't going to be complimentary anymore. You got to pay me. <laughs> yeah, go you got to pay me a little bit. Yeah. Hey, man, you got you to you gotta cash in on what your best traits is by any means, even if it's just yeah. a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, you look at the other receivers who are also holding out, A.J. Brown, head in the shadows and said, I want a deal. Got what he wanted, new contract, just got traded. DK Metcalf, they knew what he wanted. He held in, didn't say anything else, just held in, got what he wanted. Debo Samuel, trade request, that looked that looked like the most true thing of the whole report. Trade request, usage, toss up, just maybe just cut it down a little bit on what it was. Relationship damaging, I, I don't even know about that. Scrubbing your IG, all this stuff. I mean, he took the most like outrageous ways, not outrageous, that's that's he took the most like publicly uh integrated ways through social media through like the you know talking to who was it jeff darlington did that report right through all these little smoke screens rather than just like the way cal shan said like hey i already know what i heard i don't know what you guys heard it's like no what we heard is because he told darlington debo himself did that so that's why that's where it's like you know that's why you're right about that fan about being argued uh angry for that sentence for that sense i just want to give john lynch credit because during the off season i was being like dude what are you doing here like he, he, this all worked out. He didn't give in. He didn't trade him. He didn't sell low. He got him, you know, exactly where the market dictated. He didn't have to overpay for Debo. That was he a great contract. Him. He got the same contract that DK Metcalf got, except probably a little bit less. He held his ground. He didn't, you know, flinch at any of that, you know, drama. And uh, it all worked out. As opposed to, you know, the one team that really came away looking stupid on in this wide receiver market, Tennessee. You had a problem paying A.J. Brown? That's what it costs to have a great wide receiver. Do you not want to have a great wide receiver? Apparently you don't because you just traded him to Philly. Now they have a great wide receiver. What were you doing? They talked themselves out of A.J. Brown. They're stupid. John Lynch didn't do that. So I'll give him credit for that. Heard in the playoff window too. And A.J. Brown said he was going to take less than the contract he got from the Eagles, but the Tennessee was just like, nah. Tennessee like, messed nah. up. The Niners did a good job on this Debo Samuel thing. Uh, let's talk about the newest 49er. Akeem Spence, it's 30-year-old nose tackle, D-tackle. They signed him today. They gave him a one-year deal. I mean, obviously, the league isn't competing for him. He's probably right at the end of his career. 
But the Niners have a big need at defensive tackle. Maurice Hurst out for the year. Eric Armstead out for a month. Son Ridgeway out for now. Um, One more person. Who? Javon Kinlaw was out today. He was looking night. He was looking on the sidelines, which was shocking because I thought the point was to play him Saturday, then rest them the same way with McGlinchey. That's exactly what Shanahan said. Kinlaw and McGlinchey will integrate them a little bit on Saturday, and they did that perfectly. Sunday that way because you get that rest day Sunday, so that way they're good to get that pad day today. And McGlinchey was out there for a lot. He looks. He looks. I mean, early on, he looks great. I feel more confident in him going into the season. Oh, McGlinchey the whole practice. He did warm ups. He was in pads. He didn't take every rep in eleven all, but he was out there. I mean, he worked his ass off today. Not that. Yeah. I mean, he worked very hard. Yeah. He looks healthy. And the thing is, especially for when you're an injury, mm-hmm. not injury prone, especially when you're a player coming off a severe injury, you need all these reps now to get in the most shape and the most like battle hardened. Because once that grind comes, it's only going to get worse and just be at that straight bottom level of a uh, pain you're going to feel. Where Kinlaw, it's like, <laughs> dude, you keep going off and on, which I read that uh, I saw on a tweet. I think Wagner confirmed on that that it's it's another rest day, an additional rest day that they just gave him. Which oh, I wonder, is that, see, that's, I, that's I why that. I, didn't, I didn't put in my practice report because I don't want to speculate. And unfortunately, they're not doing pr- coaches after practice. Kyle's talks before. So we'll have to wait until tomorrow and be like, yep. what was that? And if they say we wanted to have two days off, okay, good to know. So anyway, what either either he had a setback or the plan was to give him two days off. Either way, they need more bodies. You, the, the starting defensive tackles today were Kevin Givens and Alex Barrett. Alex Barrett. <laughs> Alex Barrett. What, how big is Alex Barrett? Hold on. 49ers. Uh, he's 6'2", 250, dude. He's a 250-pound defensive tackle starting for the Niners what, right I, now. What is he, like 6'2"? Yeah. Yes. He's he's not he looks like D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. I mean, he's about that size. Playing D-tackle. Looks like so, a big ass bowling ball to me. But I mean, shoot. I mean, hey, we're, we're we're giving these guys hate. I mean, not hate, but a little criticism on the interior. But even then, both starting and backup offensive linemen still couldn't handle it. <laughs> they still yeah. couldn't handle these guys. Yeah. So. So do they actually have an issue there, or is, or maybe they do have an issue, and this is really just the, the offensive line that's just looking so bad. That's what I'm trying to get figure out. It's like that would be a counterpoint of like, okay, we're saying Lance is doing good by playing high elite defense. But what about the offensive line? How come we're not giving them a pass? Well, they're without Eric Armstead. Nick Bosa's not playing every down. No Kim Law. And they're playing with these guys, and they're still looking bad. So you got a guy like Akeem Spence. If he's out there and actually plays and he's still dominating, <laughs> do we not have a problem on our hands here? What's interesting to me is this is a very talented team with, like, you know, top picks, pro bowlers all over. But the biggest weakness on both offense and defense is the interior of the line. The defensive tackles, the guards in the center, like, and that's a really interesting place to be weak because if you're too weak and too thin there, it almost doesn't matter how good you are anywhere else. If you gave up instant pressure on offense, you can't do anything. If you can't stop the run between the tackles, you don't get a chance to, to rush the quarterback or cover. Like you're just getting gouged. So I'm not saying the Niners are at that spot, but they have to make sure that these weaknesses aren't flat out liabilities. And so that's why they're signing people like Akeem Spence. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to now that Kinlaw, which you thought he was going to come back, sitting on the sideline, Armstead pretty much going to be gone for most of the training camp, if not all. And you're going to have to somehow have both of these guys coming back, not in the best tip-top shape because there's still going to be an integration process for them as well. It's it's kind of looking a little flimsy in that interior at the least. I have more hope for at least the interior defensive line than I do for the offensive of offensive interior line. If, if that's one way I'm going to lean, easily by far. People are saying it was. It's been reported it was a scheduled day off for Kinlaw. Good. So yeah, that's what I meant. That's why I said like this scheduled day off. That's what they're saying. That's what I saw Wagner say. Scheduled day off. If he's at, we don't know what, when his next scheduled day on is. So if he's at the day on day off day off rhythm, then I mean. When is he going to play every day? Like, how far away is he? It seems to me like McGlinchey's closer to being 100% than Kinlaw is right now. Oh, hell yeah. He looked great. Right. So that's, so that's again, that's why we're, that's why they're signing defensive tackles. We're learning a lot. We, we don't know much. Probably the Niners don't know much about the state of their defensive tackles. Armstead should be back by, by week one. Should be. So, I mean, they need some backup plans. Otherwise, they just like, it's just Robert Kimdiche. 
I'm a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder how much work they're even going to try to, they even care to give uh, Kinlaw like that because they might be scarred of like, God, I want to give him too much run because what if, for God's sakes, it's like, great, we want to give him a chance in the game, but we put him out there for too long and he got hurt for for whatever reason. So, I mean, I, I guess they're trying to be extra careful, which I don't blame them because it's like, no, you got to you, know, you got to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him at all. It's like it's like, hey, I, I pop my tires multiple times driving this street. Let me drive slower next time, or just take a longer route and just be more careful. You know, be more yeah. careful. Even just if he hit him for the regular season, for sure. Yeah, this is just like anyway. when we saw Trent Williams. Look, Trent Williams on the side. And look, it's, it's apples and oranges compared to Trent Williams and Javon Kinlock, because one's a freaking All Pro, best tackle in the league. The other guy still needs to prove himself. But so the point is, like, we need you're much more valuable on game day than you are to yeah. practice. And for God's sake, we don't want to have to like kick ourselves in the chin kick ourselves in the knee bash our heads in because we decided hey let's just get him some practice reps and boom he got hurt and now he's out for some games yeah yeah well it's going to be interesting to see if if kinlaw ever gets to the point in this training camp where he's playing every day or if that's just not the plan for him and they're you know he could but they're choosing not to either way they're probably going to need bodies i don't know how much longer they can get by with the 250 pound defensive tackle in practice although without tackling i guess you can sort of do stuff like that you could put I don't know how they're going to get by without a Terry Fitz of line. <laughs> that to me, I mean, Kinlaw not being their story in the day. I know I'm harping on it, but my God. Like, I'm what not, an I'm indictment not, of the offensive line, line that Alex Barrett. What an indictment of the offensive line that Alex Barrett can start a defensive tackle and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, they're doing good with, with Alex Barrett of all people. And they, <laughs> the offensive line is not, it's not holding its own. It's not doing, I mean, first day of pads. Again, I get it. It's early on. Great defense. But aren't these the players supposed to be better against? I thought Eric Banks was going to look better in the left guard. He kind of he kind of was like up and down the whole time. Spencer Verfer looks okay for a rookie, but he's going to have that. He's going to have that you know that tuck and pull of being the same thing as a rookie. And then Brunsk, I was just like flabbergasted at seeing what the hell was going on there. And I don't think there's an answer that's going to get resolved there. You're probably going to have to do your 2019 offense where you get Lance rolling out like crazy. I'm just used to teams bringing in young quarterbacks, and the first thing they do is address the offensive line. Cause it's like, it's hard enough to read coverage and play and like make the transition, but doing it under pressure, usually what we want to do is keep you upright and not get you hurt. But the Niners are like, nah, we're just going to get another good defensive end. Like, yeah, that's a great position too. That's a really important position. He's a really great player, but like, what about your quarterback? What about your quarterback? He's important, right? I mean, he's three first round picks, not just one. Trevor Lawrence, one first round pick. Trey Lance, three. And you're like, He'll protect himself. He's good. He's that good. No, and Jake Glendo is that good. And you know what? I think I think trading the draft wasn't even an option for the 49ers because Cam Jurgens, did he go to the Patriots or one of some one of the other guys did? One oh, center the went, other dude. He no, the other dude went to the Patriots. He was the last one, wasn't he? Or he was on the first um, one. Yeah, what's his face? Whatever the Small point player. is, he was yeah. one, he was the top prospect center. The Patriots yeah. took him. Yeah. And Sean McVay live literally just laughed like, oh, I thought he was going to fall three rounds later. <laughs> who is McVay? Who is McVay most similar to? Kyle Shanahan. Sure. So maybe they both viewed it the same. They just didn't like the centers that high. Yeah. Yeah. Cole Strange. Anyway, I'm tired. It was a long day. Training camp chugs along. I was really happy that they could be there today. He had uh, great eyes on the field and he'll be there again on Wednesday. So watch out for Jose's reports because he's got boots on the ground. Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, I'm going to go have a glass of water. Rest my voice. See you tomorrow. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. Later.